Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So, good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes. On this week's show, we will, of course, be looking ahead to Saturday's trip up to Accrington in Lancashire to take on Accrington Stanley. Joining me uh, to do this out first up, Mr. Benji Clark. How did Ben? I'm all good, mate. A uh, bit jealous watching West Ham on the telly in Europe. Feels like the other day we was beating them lot. Well, that'll be us and in 15 years' time. Don't worry about it. Do not worry about it. It's all part of the plan. It's all part of the plan, Ben. 15-year uh, plan. Yeah, it was a big plan. Uh, and uh, also joining us to uh, take the first step along that plan is, is Mr. Mark Newby. How are you doing, Mark? I'm good. I'm glad you, you're reuniting the um, current Charlton Live quiz champions together tonight with me and well, Ben. So. Oh, I assume you have a weekly quiz meeting just to make sure you're, you're prepped for next Christmas's quiz. So. I, I just keep sending Nathan's pictures of a trophy every week. It just keeps me happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it doesn't keep Nathan happy. So uh, on this week's show, we will, of course, hear uh, from the addicts gaffer, uh, Johnny Jackson. He's asked for his views on a few things, really, ahead of the game. Uh, so we'll talk a bit about what he said. We're also going to hear from Alex Gilby uh, and Jaden Stockley uh, before the match. We've also uh, got your emails and tweets, as always. And we're going to hear from Dan Jewell from BBC Radio Lancashire, who can tell us a little bit about Accrington Stanley. And because, because he's an expert on that, that part of the world, I also asked him, uh, about Morecambe, who are, of course, sitting inside the relegation zone. Sort of the, the team we spend a lot of time at the moment looking at, just worrying they're going to start picking up wins. Uh, so we'll, we'll hear from Dan about that later on. Um, so first of all, let's dive straight into it, uh, shall we? And hear from uh, Johnny Jackson, of course, after the game against Sunderland last week, where we ended that five-game losing streak uh, with a point, a, a goalless draw uh, against Sunderland. Jackson revealed uh, that in the build-up to that game, he'd sat the team down for a bit of a clear-the-air meeting. So Jacko uh, was asked about that during press day today, how it came about. Uh, also speaks a little bit about the uh, the run of games we've got coming up and some injury problems uh, or perhaps an easing of the injury crisis that, that seems to be just around the corner uh, as well. But first of all, Jacko talks about that meeting he had uh, before the game against Sunderland uh, was asked how it came about. I decided to have the meeting um, well with my staff. I think it was it was important that there was a few things that we wanted to discuss with the players, and we wanted the players to discuss with us, and sort of yeah, you know, just make it a discussion, open floor, rather than you know, it's always the coaches talking that you know you get a bit of interaction, a bit of buy, and yeah, it's something that yeah, it's happened. Numerous times throughout my career, probably, you know, probably get one of these situations a season, really, where, you know, you just you, you go about how you would normally do your post-match meetings a little bit different, just to try and get a little sort of different stimulus out of the players and the staff and just, uh, like you say, clear the air of a few things. So yeah, it, was, it was it was something that I felt uh, we needed to do and I think we I think we've all benefited from it. And as you say, maybe a bit of a reset, but it also may be helpful that we're on the back of the last of, of what looks like the toughest six-game period that we're going to have this season anyway. 
Um, so it's a, a chance to kick on from there. Yeah, it's been a tough run. I think that you know the run of fixtures um, coincided with us probably being at our most depleted as well. So sort of a bit of a double whammy there that we've had to we've had to take. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been tough, been difficult um, getting players back now. Um, going into March with with, with some games that you know, I like to think we can pick some points up um, in, and obviously having having those guys back, a few guys back to to help us. Will obviously make a difference there as well. So, um, yeah, you know, glad glad that we've uh, stopped that rot of defeats. But obviously, we need to build on that with with some wins now. Yeah, and you mentioned it, it helped having Jaden back, and of course Scott Fraser as well. Um, the uh, the injury situation obviously Scott and Fraser now back, which is great. <clears throat> Not going to mention uh, the long timers, but um, you mentioned before about Connor being close. Is that still the case, or is he can he figure? And and Corey Blackett Taylor as well, of course. Yeah, both both of those guys getting closer. Um, back sort of back outside on the grass today. You know, we'll be uh, sort of looking back at that and speaking with a physio, sports science guy, see how they come through that, and um, obviously another another opportunity tomorrow for, for them guys. So it'll be a late call on both of them, touch and go, whether you know there'll be any involvement because they haven't had any, they haven't had any training and obviously been out a while. So keen to get them both back involved as soon as possible. At the same time, obviously being sensible that you know we don't push too early and lose them for any longer. And you mentioned last week the possibility of um, Jake Postkowski maybe getting some under twenty-three minutes. Is that still the plan? Yeah, plans for Jake to play uh, on Tuesday. Probably could look to get forty-five to sixty minutes uh, on Tuesday in the twenty-threes um, game there, uh, and then obviously build him up from that. There we go. That's Johnny Jackson. Good news on the injury front uh, there at the end. Uh, we'll get into that. For, I mean, it, it was it was an interesting point, Benji, when 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 Jacko was talking about this this clear the air meeting, this you know the, the rot that needed to stop, and and he obviously decided it was time to pull the lads together and and, and have an open and frank discussion about it. Because I, 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 did you see something a bit different on on last Saturday that you're hoping will be the start of a of a turnaround from what we've seen recently? Well, yeah, we defended well, we defended deep, um, and the goals we have conceded lately have been sloppy goals that we've conceded, uh, so we were playing against the side full of confidence after they got a big win against Wigan, um, and look, we did have to clear the ball off the line a couple of times, and Macca stepped up to the plate with a few really good saves, uh, but it was a bit more fighting spirit about them, obviously down the other end of the pitch, didn't get a shot on target, so that was a bit disappointing. But back to basics, um, a few players played a lot better than they have done, i.e. Chris Gunter, Jason Pierce put in a good performance. I think before that, we, he got a run around at Bolton. Um, so it, it was good to see um, some stronger performances from players. I think Pierce, he led them well as well, talking to the players all throughout the game, telling Lavelle and Gunter where he wanted them, pushing the defence up because that's where we've been um, done before, in behind um, the full-backs positioning. So it was good. Everyone was on the same wavelength. And, uh, yeah, look, we we did need that meeting because of that run of defeats. And we have the uh, fixtures coming up now. They are a little bit easier for us now. So it's, it's time for that game on Saturday to prove some foundation for us to move ahead and uh, hopefully kick on a little bit now. Yeah, I mean, this this run of, of of games against sides inside the top eight obviously was difficult. We lost five out of six and got that point 
against Sunderland, Mark. Um, it, it did coincide with the fact that we didn't have a, a lot of our players fit. As Jackson mentioned, that doesn't help. Um, but at the, at the same time, you know, as a young manager who's still learning his trade, this will probably be the first time he's had to do that, sit him down and have a proper conversation like that as well. So I, mean, I guess this is all part of him gaining the experience that he'll need to take this club forward as well. Well, yeah, I mean, it's experience for, for all of them. I mean, I'm, I'm not 100% agreeing with the, oh, it's, you know, you've got to play this top eight and then the bottom eight. Every team in this league can cause you trouble. Even the teams at the bottom, I mean, Doncaster pick up the odd um, result crew. Exactly. We would look at teams and say, oh, we know we should be beating them. You know, there's no God-given right for anybody to be saying, right, we're going to be beating them. Is is Jacko's, you know, is how he's coping with the injury crisis and probably a crisis of confidence amongst the players. I mean, I'm glad he sat them down and got them to say, you know, what they felt. But I, there will still be one or two players there who probably didn't feel they could speak up. There's going to be a couple of people who've been very vociferous. And there's, you know, a few of the older heads we're gonna say, well this is you know, can we do this, can we do that? We're still you know, it's whether Jackson then takes it on board and goes, you know, I will swap to a four if I have to at the back. You know, I'm not gonna carry on with a system where like I say, we've lost five out of six with the same system. And you think to yourself, you know, maybe someone said at the meeting, you know, why don't we just go four four two? Why don't we try you know a bit different and change it up so it's it's right the next run of games will be to see where we are i mean it's a tough accurate have got a fantastic home record we were talking about it off air so i don't think it's a god-given you know straight go up there we got a point at sunderland we can you know if we can build on it if it's a case of getting another point it's another point um you know you don't want to be keeping looking over your shoulders so we'll see after saturday where we are i know i'd say gillingham's more of an important one than Saturday. I know it's a bit weird to be saying that. But for me, I think Accrington is a different preposition. I think Gillingham, we can take them. Mm, yeah, I mean, eight, eight games unbeaten at home, uh, Accrington, Stanley, as you alluded to there, Mark. Um, before we concentrate more on the game as well, I guess the fact that we are seeing now players coming back, we, we've seen Jaden Stockley back in the side and we'll hear a bit more from him later on during the show. You know, Connor Washington, Corey Blackett, Taylor getting closer as well. Um, you know, if you think about how well Blackett Taylor played away at Portsmouth, and we, and we know he has games like that in, in his armoury, just him easing back into the side. And of course, the likes of Connor playing against, uh, alongside Jaden. I mean, Jaden said himself he felt that that was one of the best partnerships in, in, in League One uh, before it was, it, it was ripped apart through injury. So these players coming back will make a difference, and they will have played a part in, in, that, in that poor run we've been on recently, Ben. Yeah, we've missed key players in key positions, especially up top. I think Jacko always alludes to that we've never lost a game with Jaden and Connor up front together. And we've seen that they were just clicking, weren't they? And they were getting a real partnership going together, um, especially Connor running the channels really well, feeding off Jaden's flicks. And obviously Jaden did a few of them to Mason on Saturday, which just didn't get there in the end. And uh, Mason fluffed his lines. I think it'll be nice just to give Mason just that little rest. I mean, I don't know how close Connor is. I heard Jackson's interview and he said, oh, we'll have to see tomorrow how they go, whether how much of a part they play in the game. But that'll play a part because Jackson knows his confidence down at the moment, Mason. There's been a lot of pressure on him. Um, so that'll help. But the one I'm really looking forward to seeing back is Sean Clare. I think 
He's been up there just behind Dobbo for me, a player of the season so far. Obviously got sent off. He was a little bit silly, wasn't he, against Oxford and let the frustrations get the better of him. Um, but um, I think he's been fantastic in that position so far this season, a position that he probably didn't want to play. But um, I'd like to see him play at right wing back, to be fair. I saw him play. Uh, he took on that role a bit at Portsmouth, didn't he, away and kind of set up that second goal where the defender kicked into his own net so having him back I think is is a massive plus because he's been so good this season and as you said if if Corey can come on and play a part it's so frustrating at the moment I mean Jackson's pulling his hair out Corey has a great game against Portsmouth man of the match and then he's and then he's injured straight what 20 minutes into the next game so he really added another dimension to us in that game where he took the ball and took it straight up to the opposition and ran at him and no fear about him and and that's we need more players like that I think we've missed players like that this season so again another part to our game that we've missed so hopefully those players slowly coming back so we've got a big week coming up three games in seven days and as Mark just said there Ginland game's a big one they're below us fighting for their lives so yeah they're big games coming up now so we can kind of secure where we are in the table. Excellent stuff. Right, well, let's hear Jackson look ahead to the game uh, with Accrington. As we've mentioned, a uh, very good home record for John Coleman's side. But Jacko was asked uh, today during his press day if he would like to see some of the same attitude uh, he saw from his side last weekend that saw them get that point against Sunderland at the Valley. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely need that that same sort of spirit and determination to defend your, your box and your goal. Um, because they're, they're a difficult team to play against, really are, especially at home. They've got Decent home record, like you say, we've had some good results and uh, got a way of, of playing that makes it really, really difficult. And you have to stand up against it and you have to be ready for, for the battle first and foremost. So um, we're going to need every inch of that spirit that we sh- we showed on Saturday uh, against Sunderland. We're going to need that up at, up at Accurton if we want to come away with anything positive. And, uh, if we get that, obviously we want to we want to build um, build on our sort of offensive stuff and be a bit bit more of a threat going forward than, than we was. Uh, if we can bring it both together, um, hopefully we can come away with something positive. And it's uh, it's always a tough place to go anyway. And classic league, one ground tight, uh, fairly small in uh, relatively speaking. Although we will take a few numbers up there, but uh, yeah, it'll, it'll feel like a packed stadium regardless of, uh, of how many's there and uh, nice and close to the pitch. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough place to go. Difficult place to play football, and they make it. Um, they play on, on on those aspects, and they make it really really difficult for you. Um, and and they got some good players that can that can hurt you um, in McConville there they've got I think the got the highest assist maker in the league there so um, they do a lot of things really well uh, like I say keep you honest make you defend and we'll have to stand up to that there we go that's uh, Jacko looking ahead to the game um, the the attitude that we saw on on Saturday Mark I mean it is important it it, it wasn't the perfect performance by any stretch of the imagination and we still lacked a a bit of a goal threat in, in, until later on in the game. But it, it is about taking the, the the small little gains that you can at the moment in, in time. In, in, on the run that we're on, 
and trying to transfer that now in, into that game against Accrington, which will probably be a similar one. You know, we, we, we say they've got this this remarkable uh, record at, at the Wham Stadium or the Crown Ground, whatever, whatever you want to call it at the moment. They've won their last three. They're unbeaten uh, in eight. They've, they've beaten the likes of Bolton and Rotherham there and Oxford and Wickham, uh, taken points off Milton Keynes and Sunderland. Uh, funnily enough, their last home defeat was against AFC Wimbledon. That was, that was back in early December. That was the last time Wimbledon won anywhere. So... We just got to hope we can pull a little bit of a surprise like uh, AFC Wimbledon did. And it's not too often uh, you'd hear Charlton go into Accrington Stanley and say, we, let's hope for a surprise and a win. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're better against the better side. So, you know, if a, if a clunky they'll team... Be, like they'll be would, terrible against us then. <laughs> yeah, the way it's going, it, it could be it. Um, it's, it's a combination of things. For players would have gone into training on Monday after the Sunderland game feeling... A hundred times better. You know, there's no loss hanging over them. The coaches will have sort of like G'd them up, said, like, there you go, that's the start. That's the f-. You know, it's it's a very cliche. It was a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. And that's what it was. It was a single step. But there we go. You know, let's take it and have a good week, good training. Don't, you know, no no silly injuries, as you'd like normally hear about. Someone's done something stupid in training. And say, right, what positives can we take out a game yet yeah, we weren't as a threat but now you know Stockley's going to be getting fitter you know what if Washington comes in if he starts him there's there's, there's, there's that threat so I'd, I'd like you know I did I was thinking you know will Claire come straight back in I think he was doing such a great job for us before the silliness I think he's got to come back in um I think Lavelle's looking good Pierce you know that, that would be my three at the back so I, th- I think we've got enough about us to get something there, and like I say, you know, they, we're we're a strange oppos- strange opposition to face at the moment because sometimes you just don't know what what Charlton are going to turn up. Are we going to be the great Charlton, which you know absolutely spanked Ipswich, or are we going to be the Charlton which you know goes places and doesn't just looks like eleven strangers out there and uh, concede stupid goals? So I think it's it's a, it's a strange one for them analysing us. So as every chance, you know, we've got some players fit, players coming back in, there's going to be more competition. There's no reason to fear them. I know they've had a good result, but there's no reason to fear anybody. You know, I think you've got to have confidence in your own ability and your own players to come in and say, right, you know, I've, I've got the chance now. I've been out, you know, like Blackett Taylor, he's been out. He might be thinking, you know, he's chomping at the bit to get onto the pitch. So, you know, score, score a goal or something. And then that maybe that might G up Lecco or DJ or someone like that. Go, you know what? There's more competition again. I've really got to up my game again. You know, I think as long as we look solid across the middle and limit their chances, it's, there's there's no reason to be as pessimistic as I am sometimes. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I've I've watched Charlton for lots of years, and just when you're thinking, okay, this is going to be a good one, it turns around and it bites you straight on the bum. Mm. I mean that, that that home record that Accrington Stanley have, Ben. How will that affect our players going in, knowing that this is this is a ground that teams are struggling to take points from recently? Oh yeah. I as Mark just said there, I think you've just got to believe in your own confidence as a team. Um, I think got to take confidence from last week's performance defensively. Uh, I know some they've been involved in a, quite a few high scoring games this season as well. So. Look, they they do concede. If if we keep it solid at the back, it gives us a good foundation to go and um, 
go and attack from. And as Mark just said there, Jaden's going to be more fit. I think the key player that's going to be hopefully more fit now is Scott Frazier. I think he's the kind of player to break teams down. He's got the ability. We all know it. But obviously suffering with uh, COVID, he could only do about 60 minutes last week. I didn't, and obviously against the side right at the top of the table in Sunderland, we didn't see the best of him. But yeah, look, I think we've got to try and go there. And Jacko's got to try and instill in these players their confidence in their own ability. I mean, if you look at the two teams on paper, I'm sure our team looks much better than theirs is. And you've just got a man-to-man lead up and just go... Win your battles. Win your battles all over the pitch. You're a better team than them. Forget about league table and them being six points above us at the moment. Forget all our run of form before this. We've got to believe in our own abilities. And I'm sure we'll, we'll have them all fired up from, from Saturday. Otherwise, as Jacko will probably say, look, last week will we'll mean for, if we lose on Saturday, it will mean nothing that point last week. What will it have meant for? It's supposed to be our foundations now. To kick on. So, uh, yes, yeah, as, as we've alluded to, we have got key players coming back in Claire, Fraser and Stockley building up some fitness. Hopefully we see Connor as well. The, the ability is there in that team. Um, and hopefully they can show. It's, it's a tough place to go. Um, it's, it's open to the environment, isn't it? If it's going to be a windy, rainy uh, day, then that might affect it. I haven't looked at the forecast, but it's a tough place to go. I mean, we found that before when we played them. I remember going there when I think we drew 1-1 uh, when we were allowed to go to games and Carl and Grant scored that goal there. And then it's a tough place to go. They get right behind and behind the goal. Good manager, good owner. So it's going to be a tough game looking at the games they've had before. But as we've seen before, their, their last loss at home was to Wimbledon. So it can happen. So we just try and take some positives from that as well. Mm, hopefully you have an aversion to teams from South London uh, coming up to the Crown Ground. I mean, finally... Uh... Ben's mentioned it a couple of times. Sean Clare obviously has, has served the three games of his suspension now, Mark. Do you bring him straight back into that back three? Did you put him on the wing back? I mean, it's, it's a, it's a defence that has shipped a lot of goals recently but didn't last Saturday. So do, do you make an immediate change? Well, you know, I, I yeah, I think I would because I think he, he was he's that valuable a player. Um, I know Gunter came in, cleared one off a line. You know, it's a bit weird him playing almost like the left of the back three. Um, I, th- I think I think you have to because again he's been sitting there, you know, chomping a bit, waiting to get back on, realizing he's made a mistake, and he had been one of our better players. I mean, we were waxing lyrically about him, you know, a couple of months ago. We were saying it's like a neck and neck really with him and Dobson for player of the year. Now it's a nail on Dobbo if anyone's got money on it. Um, but he's he's. I think you've got to bring him back in. I think he's a wholehearted player. I mean, I think he's a, I'd say a, a typical Charlton player. So he's not, you know, a hundred percent the most skillful, fastest, whatever. But he's got his heart. His heart is out there. It's on his sleeve. It means something to him. And I think Charlton fans like that in a player. I think we'll always forgive someone who's maybe not the most skillful or fluffs a goal. But if, if they're trying and if they're hard working and it shows that it's caring. And for, for Sean Clare, I think it's is a homecoming for him as sorts, back back of the valley after all these years. But I think it will sort of like means something to him. And uh, I think he's that kind of player we need. And I think he's a good, he's a very vocal player. If you watch him on the pitch, he's very vocal. He's always instructing and talking. 
So, and I like that. I think, you know, you want your back four. You know, I think when we used to have Chris Solly there, and he was quieter than a church mouse. Um, so when you've got someone who's going to be cheering on his teammates and organising and getting things done, I like that kind of player. I'd put him straight back in in a heartbeat. Lovely stuff. Right, let's hear from uh, one of the players who's been in and out of the side, I guess, recently, Alex Gilby. Uh, he was uh, spoken to by Charlton TV. You'll be able to hear the full interview on uh, Charlton TV this Saturday. Uh, but uh, Alex uh, was asked uh, a few things, really. Asked for his thoughts on uh, working under Johnny Jackson. Looking ahead to Accrington, uh, starts off, of course, with his thoughts on what has been a very disappointing season so far. To go on the losing streak, we did. Obviously, as as players and as staff, it's obviously not good enough for a, for a, for a club like this. Um, it's been really tough. I feel like, obviously, not having our key strikers, key players, it's, it's always hard. Um, but the result against Sunderland on the weekend um, was massive, I think. We needed to stop the rot um, after the defeats we've had, and obviously for a Sunderland to come here, top top team, we score a lot of goals, and we get a nil nil. Obviously, I know we, we we know we can be better on the ball. Obviously, I think Piercy come out and said we've gone back to basics. So yeah, it, it was a really good point, and obviously to have the big man back in Jaden, um, meant we could get up the pitch, we could press people better. So it's just an all round stop the rot, and we can look forward to the weekend. And I get on really well with the manager. I feel like um, since he's come in, he's, he's been really good with me. He's been honest. He's told me when I haven't been good enough, and he's told me when I've had a few good games so um, I just need to keep listening to him keep working hard I feel like he, he knows um, me really well so he knows when I'm not quite at it and obviously I feel like last few weeks going in with the results I weren't been quite at it so it's just good to have someone like that who genuinely cares about us as lads and us as players so yeah I just really enjoy working under him and obviously the results Saturday obviously he knows how hard it's been recently for the players and for himself because obviously he's never experienced this before so it was good to stop the rock for him and for ourselves and really look forward to Saturday. So going up to Aki the weekend, everyone knows how much of a tough game it is. We need to pick up points. We can't just finish the season and just we somehow we need to finish the season on a high. Um, I feel like it's a good, real good place to go. It'll be a tough test, and like the manager said a few times today before training, it's going to be even tougher than Saturday, especially in the conditions up there. So we've just got to make sure we're all in it together Saturday and try and get three points. Listen, we know how bad this season's been collectively on the pitch. Um, no, there's not many people you can take out from this season and say, Do you know what, they've been good. So it's it's really back to the drawing board. We need to look at ourselves. We need to finish the season as strong as possible because like the manager told us many times now, we're planning for our future. So if we can finish the season strong, pick up as many points as possible and then go into the summer, um, back into pre-season and try and really kick on um, because it has to be better than what it has been. So we're looking for these next seven weeks to really push on and finish the season on high. There we go. That's uh, Alex Gilby of hit and miss, I'd say, recently. Um, ben, I think that's fair to say. I mean, he speaks about how Sunderland was a a big result as well for, for the side, um, which I, you know, I think a lot of people have have alluded to that now. It, it stopped 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 the rot to an extent. Uh, I mean, from from him personally, I mean, he he certainly seems to be one of the players who's who's found this uh, this recent run of form particularly difficult. And I, I think I said it recently, it, it just doesn't feel like he's bringing as much to the team. He came off the bench against Sunderland on on, on Saturday, but, you know, been in and out and, and not really done enough, I'd say, to keep his place in the team recently. No, I think he's kind of summed up our team this season, really, and, and the fact that he's been very inconsistent in his performances. Uh, we've seen glimpses of really good performances from him um, I think that's the Ipswich game uh, Plymouth game uh, he looked really good so obviously got his goal and we, we hoped he would kick on from there 
he's one player I kind of, I've been disappointed with because I expect a lot from him. He came with a lot of potential. Uh, I think he got player of the year two years on the try at MK. He was a player that loves, he puts in 100%. He's up and down the pitch, running around, driving us forward. Um, he just doesn't take enough shots for me. I, I, for me, I don't think we take enough shots at all as a team that much around the pitch. Um, I think we could do that a lot more, uh, trouble the keeper, get a deflection or whatever. Um, but I think if if you're to be fair to him in the last few weeks, when you haven't had the likes of Jaden or Connor or Chucks up front to aim for as a midfielder, it's hard because you're there to mainly create for your strikers or your fellow midfielders. And if they've not got a Jaden or a Chucks up, up there to aim for or the runs of Connor to kind of help them get up the pitch, it is difficult. We've got to give that to the players. It's difficult when you miss, you're missing your main strikers and then you're trying to help along a young striker in Burstow and help him along in the game. But you're playing against Wigan, you're playing against Sheffield Wednesday, you're playing against Sunderland, the top teams in the division. They'll just snuff that out. And you haven't had that pre-season to work with these players to kind of build up those partnerships, etc. So it is tough for all all over the pitch at the moment um, with the injuries because of missing those guys up front. But I'm sure he'd be the first to say he expected to get more goals this season, more assists, but that hasn't been clicking for him yet. But... Yeah, these clear the air meetings, so that's what it's there for. Reset button. Um, and as as he said in that interview, let's take some confidence from the Sunderland game. We know the defence have got it in them to keep that clean sheet against one of the best teams in the league. Now it's time for, we haven't scored in four games, I think it is. So it's time for the attack to kind of gel together and, and make, make it count the other end of the pitch. I mean, uh, Alex Gilby there was talking about his, you know, his relationship with, with Johnny Jackson. He says he feels that, you know, Jackson is a, is a manager who cares about his, his players uh, on and off the pitch, which, which I guess can help. I mean, it is important. I, I guess it, it's interesting for people who've been around the club, uh, you know, maybe, maybe even longer than Alex, but certainly he's been here since last season. He would have known Jacko as the, as, as the caretaker boss uh, and, uh, of course, as the, assist, uh, the assistant boss before then. Um It'd be interesting to see how that sort of relationship grows between players because I guess Jackson needs to find that that level of uh, of distance between the two. But at the same time, you know, he's obviously a a manager who will look to take care of the uh, the players' needs off off the pitch as well. Yeah, I mean, I think with with Jacko, I think the advantage is because it's not been that long since he's retired. He he knows what they're going through. Um, there's not the kind of like a disconnect you would have had someone like with Atkins. Okay, you, you know, experienced manager, but you know, it's a long time since he was a player. So with Jacko, he knows what they're going through. He knows, you know, what when to give him a rocket and when to give him an arm around his shoulder and what will work. And he'll learn what works with each individual because it's you know one side doesn't fit all with players as it doesn't with people in life. Um, I think Gilby's probably obviously the one at risk with Frazier coming in and looking good. And, of course, you've got Elliot Lee there as well. I mean, I, I agree with Benji. I mean, I think he's, it's been disappointing because you did expect a bit more from him. I know he came in, you know, he had COVID at the start of the season. That affected him, and then he had the odd injury. He's a, he's a lovely dribbler. I, mean, I think he's possibly the best person with a ball at his feet. But there's got to be more end product. He's got to put in a cross. He's got to put in a shot. 
and Benji hits the nail on the head. We don't shoot a lot from anywhere, really. It's sometimes you think to yourself, all the worldies which go past us season in, season out, and you think to yourself, I can't really think of us scoring that many from outside the area in the last couple of seasons. I mean, probably a handful at most. Um, probably someone will correct me and say, oh, you know, statistically we have, but it doesn't seem like it. So you think, you're thinking Gilby's the kind of player, you know, if he's got his ball and he's got a bit of space, he's 30 yards, why not have a crack? It'll go in, it'll go out, but, you know, you wonder why in a confidence thing, when you see them warming up and having their shooting drills, you know, they're all generally on about sort of like the eight yard or sort of like 10 yards from goal, whacking it in. You're thinking, I, I want to see you more doing more shooting drills from sort of like 25 yards and piling them in from there. So it's it's difficult with Gilby. I, I, th- I think the jury's, it's funny, even though he's been a player for us for a couple of years, I think the jury's still out on him because you get people who go, you know, he's, he's lazy. You know, he can, he can tackle. And I think... It's it's where he fits into our system. That's that's a hard one at the moment, and I'm struggling to go. Would I put him down first on on a on a team list? I don't think I would. It, you know, but you know, it, luckily for him, I'm I'm not the manager. Mm, lovely stuff. Right, let's have a break here on Charlton Live, the big match preview. When we come back, we're going to have some of your views ahead of the game with Atkinson Stanley. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. him momentarily, tries a difficult ball, finds Gilby, super work, Gilby turns inside, can he finish? Yes he can! Super goal from John, just when you thought that ball from Lee was too complicated, too difficult, he picks out Alex Gilby, that's superb, superbly well to hold his man off, and drills it to the right hand side, his right hand side, gives Wharton no chance at all, and Charlton surely now put the game to bed. Charlton Live. Well, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Louis Mendes, Ben Cloak and Mark Newbury on the show this week. I hope you're enjoying it. Going to Accrington. Uh, on Saturday, of course, I asked you for some of your views uh, ahead of the game. Uh, so we had a few uh, tweets and emails 
that came through. Uh, Charlton FC News says, I'm feeling pretty confident going into the weekend. Saturday against Sunderland uh, was a very decent defensive performance from the lads, uh, playing very compact and looked organised. Going forward, uh, we do need to be a lot better, though. Uh, we need to play out from the back and we'll be good. Team selection-wise, uh, I would go unchanged on uh, from last Saturday. Keep the same team personally. This is our strongest at the moment. Uh, so let's see. Uh, where that takes us. Stefan says, uh, can you ask Jackson what the point is uh, in the Niall John loan? He, uh, uh, the team hasn't won in ages, but he still hasn't uh, had a chance. Um, I, I don't know, Ben, Niall John, obviously, had, I don't know if you've had a chance to see any of the 23s games he's played in, but obviously um, been decided he's not quite first team ready yet by uh, by the manager. But it does then pose the question as to, well, why is he here? Uh a baffling signing really I know they said about Chris Powell driving into the club and and said what a great player he is and I heard from a few Tottenham fans at the time saying he's one of our best youth prospects so glad he's got a loan we were saying on the pod I thought he was going to challenge Elliot Lee and Gilby for that position um and yeah I think I heard Jackson say the other day he's just not shown it in training that he's He's up for it. Obviously, Jackson has to leave one lone player out the side and he's been that player a lot of the time. But yeah, I mean, look, there's someone that in a position where, yeah, we definitely need someone there but like to challenge or provide some assist, provide a goal because he's supposed to be a real attacking threat from midfield. I've caught a few glimpses of a few under-23s games, but then I heard the commentator was Terry Smith, so I turned off. But um yeah, uh, he showed a few glimpses, but needs to get men's football, doesn't he? I think that's what Tottenham would be saying. So they'll probably be scratching their heads wondering why he's not been playing as much. It's, it's a strange window, that was. Him and Castillo, we thought we had to have a good January to kick us on. And him and Castillo haven't done that at all, really. So we need to learn from those mistakes from the January window. Um, and try and not get these lone players in that aren't going to feature at all. It's it is baffling. As fans, we're confused. Yeah, right. Clive uh, emails in, Dear Louis, thanks for the show. For me, it's part of the Charlton family. Cheers, Clive. Uh, Bet365 appear to has a, have us uh, 100 to 1 against uh, relegation. And as we know, the bookies do not like to lose money. So whilst we might feel a little uneasy about our position, it's highly unlikely uh, we'll be going down. So let's start to plan for next season. I think that Fainwell and Lee are good enough for League One and have done enough to deserve permanent contracts. So let's work... Uh, get those done. Uh, okay, they might not be good every week, but let's face it, if they were, they'd be playing for Norwich and for Luton, not for us. Connor Washington uh, must be offered a good contract as well for next season. Let's get that one done uh, as soon as possible. Maybe we should keep hold of a Burstow until both Anike and Washington are fit again. Uh, but after that, I would send him off to con- uh, to Chelsea uh, to concentrate on bringing uh, the youngsters through that will be uh, be with us next season and deserve a crack here. Yeah, I'm not sure what the rules are on uh, uh, Burstow and Chelsea now. Let's go... Difficult situation at that club, brought upon themselves, of course. Uh, with that in mind, uh, let's not waste any more of Thomas's uh, money on Castillo, uh, John and uh, Lico and say goodbye to them with immediate effect. If only we could, of course. That's not how uh, uh, the loan deals work out, unfortunately. There are a number of end-of-season expiries, including Clayden, Davison, Dempsey, Forster, Kasky, uh, Gunter, Henderson, Innes, Matthews, Pierce, Perrington, Soiree, uh, Vennings and Watson. Of these, I think maybe we should give Clayden, uh, Davison, Dempsey and Vennings a bit more time with short-term deals. We have a painful history of letting these sort of players leave only for them to pop up and punish us severely uh, i'm sure you can think of many examples of this without too many uh, too much travel well michael smith who was watching uh 
for Rotherham last night, but these are the sort of players, you let them go and then you never really know what's going to happen, do you? So uh, maybe uh, get them back uh, from their loan clubs uh, now if the deals allow. Uh, all of them have done pretty well and could be uh, called upon to do so back in the first team. Uh, from an injury perspective, maybe it's time to say goodbye to Forster, Kasky and Innes and to wish them both good fortune. Injury-prone players uh, disrupt the team. We've paid a too heavy a price for that this season. Uh, they are two of our best players on the day. but we- When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. We need uh, both good and uh, available to play. Uh, it looks like, uh, as though Suarez and Watson are now nailed on exits, Watson has been a great servant to us. I hope that he can continue a little while longer else. Uh, that leaves Gunter, Henderson, Matthews, Pierce, and Perrington who need to play for new contracts. I would say play them all as much as possible. Uh, they, they have all had bad press at times, but perhaps uh, just uh, they need a good run in the side. They're certainly good enough to keep us up. Now, that should get some debate going. Well, that's from Clive. I mean, there's plenty there. Um... I'll just go on the last few then. So Gunter, Henderson, Matthews, Pearson, Perrington, Mark. Just quickly out of those, who would you like to keep? Perrington. That's just, yeah, he's the only one really out of those five. He's, yeah, he's, I'd, he's I'd the only pro- one I'd, yeah. I'd keep. I mean, I'd, I'd, Maybe, I'd I, I think list. Pierce as well. I think Pierce is, I know he's old, getting on a bit, but I'd keep him in a player coaching role, definitely. Yeah, I mean, if that's if that's if they start looking down that role and get him, you know, I don't know if he's doing his badges or done his badges or or there's a, that kind of role available for him in the club, that might be a, you know, a, a wave to, to keep him around. But I think we need, you know, I don't think Matthews, I mean, he, he was a bit of a holdout before he came back to us because he thought he was going to be picked up somewhere else and he wasn't and came back to us. And Gunter, I'm, I've been disappointed um, in him. Uh, I thought myself, you know, did, did, when we got him, I thought, you know what, he's a very experienced. You know, he was still being capped for Wales and playing for us, but he, he has, hasn't really sort of like impressed me. And I thought, thought he was that kind of like steady player we needed, and he just seemed too vulnerable on that side. Soiree, yeah, bye bye. Um, so Perrington, I, I like um, Perrington I, because I just think he's a seven out of ten player, and you need that consistency. You know, it's and he does score goals. You know, he's one, mm. the only one of the defences. Innis is for, is for one where I'm umming and ahhing. Would You know, you're thinking to yourself, would I keep Innis? Would I rather have Fameo if Norwich... Like I said, I've said before, I think if Norwich go down, I think they'll have him back. I know we've got first option to buy him, but I think they'll look at him and say, right, you know, we'll, we can use him in the championship because they'll yo-yo back up. I, You know, I think out of the two of them... I'd I'd rather I know it's a risk, but I'd rather keep Innes because, by God, he scares the Jesus out of people. Um, yeah, and I mainly think... the physios, unfortunately. Right, yeah. uh, we uh, we ought to move on because we've still got loads uh, to to fit in. Uh, we've got one more message as well, which I've saved till last because we've got a clip of audio. Uh, that sort of works nicely uh, alongside it as well. CFC fan 1905 says, uh, I purposely only watched Macca 
at corners against uh, Sunderland. He does not move an inch. He's literally rooted to the spot. There are two or three headers. Uh, if they were either side of him, they were going in. He actually got a sarcastic cheer uh, from the covered end when he caught one that fell into his hands. For weeks, we've been blaming the defenders for set pieces and goals. Uh, did anyone ever question uh, the goalkeeper? Please discuss. Well, we, I, I did mention the keeper last week, but also Jackson was asked about uh, set pieces today. Uh, during press day so it fits in quite nicely with the question you've asked there uh, he was asked if um, you know because of the amount of goals we had conceded from set pieces uh, recently if he felt there was something that he and the team set up needs to do differently or if it's something that the players need to take more responsibility for yeah I think I think it's it's down to the individuals to be honest we've got we've got what we feel like is the right setup uh, markers and, and certain people in different different areas of the box to do a job um, it's about personal responsibility then to know that job uh, the role that you're given uh, and it, and if that's a marker that's making sure that your man doesn't score if you're if you're in a zone that's going and attacking it and making sure that anything that comes in there you go ahead if you're a goalkeeper that's to come and um, claim or you know help you uh, help relieve the pressure as well so it's about knowing your roles and, and performing them um, you know that's with any any given situation you you know you give all the all the the information um, and that kind of a really really strong set pieces so again we're going to have to be on it um, it's something that we do work a, a lot on and, and practice but ultimately you know once once you're on the pitch it's, it becomes your responsibility as a player to to know your role and then to to carry it out and implement it. There we go. That's Jackson on, on set pieces, Ben. But it, it was noticeable that he did mention the, the goalkeeper about, you know, if, if if there's times where he wants him to come and command his area. Because I, I feel like that is certainly something the fans have picked up on. Because, it's, I mean, Saturday wasn't the first time we've heard sarcastic cheering for when Mac has actually claimed a corner. It doesn't feel like he does it that often. Yeah, I mean, I can only feel that he's a goalkeeping coach there. Does the goalkeeping coach tell him to come out or tell him to stick on his line? I mean, if, if he keeps doing the same week in, week out, then surely then they'd say, well, come on, Maka, we want you to come for these corners and help out the defence, especially when you haven't got the likes of Jaden and Ryan at the back to try and head it away. Um, I was thinking today really about Maka as a whole. Um, I know goalkeepers kind of, a lot of people didn't like Ben Amos last season and now he's part of a team the second in the league and look yeah, like they'll get he, promoted. And he did claim corners as well, Ben Amos. He was. He did. He, he he did come and cut for his area a lot, but I think Mac is a better shot stopper. I think Amos used to get blamed a lot for his um, long shots, whereas obviously Mac made a few good saves last week from a couple of their free kicks outside the box as well. I mean, goalkeepers all have different qualities. Um, the other week he got mentioned, obviously Maynard Brewer, is doing well at Ross County in the Scottish Premier League. So what plans is that going to be next season? Is Macca plan for a spot for next season? Because Maynard Brewer is going to be full of confidence after coming back from that loan and will come straight into the team or we'll see how they do in pre-season. But over the course of the season, I, I can't say that I've gone, do you know what, we've lost this game, this game, this game because of Macca. I really don't think so. It's the same with Amos last season, I think. They've both done decent enough. Um, there's a few mistakes they've made here and then, but as all keepers do. But I think the defence as a whole has chopped and changed. We've made silly, sloppy mistakes, not picked up men. I, I don't think it's all down to him. But look, I'm not saying this guy's wrong. 
a lot of people just watch the keeper a lot and see what he does. Um, and I'm sure I wish a keeper would make the area their own and claim crosses. It definitely makes it easier, but mm. he can only do what he's told. So I can assume that he's not being told to do that. Right. Uh, he talks about next season there. Well, I did ask Jaden Stockton now about the uh, the rest of this season. Obviously, looking ahead to next year, I guess it's, it's fair to say with uh, with playoffs completely out of reach. I asked Jaden about this uh, last Saturday, about what it is that he and the side hope to achieve uh, between now and the end of the season. It's all about, I think, habits now. How you how you conduct yourself. How how are we going to make the fans feel towards the end of the season? Are they going to have optimism towards the end of the season that we're going to we're building something here? Uh, players that you know don't raise their level, don't meet the standards that this club expects, are probably going to fall by the wayside. So, are you going to be one of them players, or are you not? There we go, Jaden. Uh, really, really focusing in on on the fact that the the, the players need to make sure that they almost become unreleasable, if that's a word. You know, we, we, we spoke about the players after Clive's email that we would like to see uh, perhaps released out of the club or, or would expect to see released out of the club. Well, Jaden's there setting, uh, setting a stall down really for the rest of this season, making sure that he and, and his teammates are ready uh, to, uh, to show to Johnny Jackson they should be part of his plans for next year. Right, let's uh, finally uh, return attention to Saturday's trip up to Accrington. Um, get a little bit of information on our opponents. Now, Dan Jewell uh, covers uh, the local area for BBC Radio Lancashire uh, up there. So he, he covers Accrington a lot. Also covers another side that I asked him about in Morecambe. Uh, obviously a team who are just inside the relegation zone. So we've got one eye over our shoulders looking at Morecambe. So we'll hear uh, my question about uh, the, shrimp, the shrimps late on uh, in this piece. But first of all, I asked uh, Dan uh, how Accrington will be feeling uh, with being sat in mid-table in League One. I think that position in the league table, bearing in mind they finished 11th last season, would be considered you know, pretty satisfactory. The way it's panned out, though, is, is probably not. You're looking at a, a real Jekyll and Hyde team because if they only played home games, they'd be in the playoffs. And if they only played away games, they'd be in the relegation zone. So I guess it stands to reason that when you play home and away, you end up somewhere in the middle. There's been ups and downs in the season, but particularly recent away form has been a real concern. But the flip side of that coin is that at home, they've been really strong and put in some great performances and got some great results. So Stanley fans will hope that this weekend it kind of reverts the type and they're at home and they do well. But a bit more consistency across the board will be will be very welcome, I think. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I mean, that doesn't bode well for us coming coming to, to Accrington on Saturday, but then they beat us at the Valley anyway. So the form, the form didn't count for much there. But um, I mean, you know, a, a club the size of Accrington in League One does it still feel like they're, they're punching above their weight? I mean, they've, they've given us some pretty good games over the years. I, I wouldn't say we, we ever feel like we're we're better than them by any stretch of the imagination. I, th- I think the funny thing is, if it depends how long an Accrington supporter has been watching Accrington as to whether they feel that way. Because I know Stanley fans who've supported them for a long time who thought they were punching above their weight in the conference because of the sort of relative resources that were, that were available to, to clubs around them. Of course, you look at the the size of the town and the size of the attendances and the budget. I I saw some figures knocking around that unsurprisingly put Accrington second bottom in terms of playing budget this season. So, yeah, of course, it is a a big sort of thing to be in the division and to be holding their own in the division. I actually think, though, that the way that League One is at the moment, it does kind of take away those moments of you're playing X team and 10 years ago they were in the Premier League and 10 years ago Accrington were in whatever, the National League or whatever it was, because it happens so often. Because there are so many of these really big clubs with massive reputations and histories, Charlton, of course, being one of them. It, it feels like as an Accrington supporter or watching Accrington, 
week in, week out, that you're doing it every other week. And possibly that says more about Accrington's ascent through the leagues than it says about other clubs going down into League One level. But this division really does feel a bit like a graveyard of the Giants. And, and a lot of the Giants have, have kind of seen better days. Mm. What can you tell us about John Coleman? Um, I mean, every time something bad happens in football at the moment, people use that meme, don't they, where they say he's rapidly falling out of love with the game. But I don't know, I feel like that was very much a one-off. He still seems to have the fire in his belly whenever he goes to manage Accrington. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, he recently sat down with us to talk about 20 years over his two spells in charge of Accrington, which, I mean, is remarkable in itself. And he said that when I asked him... When will you, you know, how will you know when it's time to retire? And he took issue with the idea that he was going to retire. <laughs> um, he he very much feels that he's going to carry on until, in his words, he keels over. <laughs> so he's still got the enthusiasm that he's always had. He, he wears his heart on his sleeve, and I mean, quite often that's the case with managers, and they they don't sort of ingratiate themselves with supporters of other clubs because of the way they are and, and things they say and he's not been very happy with the standard of officiating this season and I don't think many watchers of the Football League have been so I think he loves it as much as he ever has I think to be honest the one big difference is he's he's more able to shake it off John, his first spell we describe as John Coleman and his second spell is John Coleman 2.0 it's like he's had an upgrade it's like he's had automatic updates applied and he's, he's just a little bit more able to process things and deal with things and, and go again. But we have had a few occasions this season where he's been fed up with it and he's been rapidly falling out of love with football. And we did have a nearly an hour wait after losing at Doncaster on a Tuesday night recently. So, yeah, I think sometimes his, uh, his commitment is slightly tested. Hmm. Uh, last question on Accrington then. Um, who, who would you say are the danger men that the Addicts fans should be wary of uh, when we travel up north on Saturday? Well, it's an interesting one because one of the things that's been talked about in advance of this game has been that the lack of goals. And recently that has been a problem. However, Stanley Paul's a threat because they can play more than one way. There's been a lot spoken about being a big, strong physical side and there's a lot of players over six foot. That is something that they've targeted as needing to improve in the previous seasons in League One. So from set pieces, Ross Sykes had gone over a year without scoring a goal and then all of a sudden they scored three goals in the space of about five or six games. And he's a giant centre-half and he poses all the kind of threat that you would expect. On the flip side of it, you've got players within the squad like Ethan Hamilton, who was the player that we spoke to in advance of the game this weekend, who's got seven goals, I think maybe eight goals himself from midfield, who's much more of a kind of cultured playmaking midfield player who can play all over the place he can play wing back he can play full back he can play in the middle of the park so it, it can be quite pragmatic sometimes from Stanley and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing so certainly Hamilton's been impressive uh, Sykes is a real asset the goalkeeper Toby Savin has been looked at by Premier League teams uh, and Colby Bishop although he doesn't score prolifically is kind of the access at uh, the access even that the team kind of revolves around. If he's up there and he's the focal point and can bring other people into play, Accrington look a much, much better team than if he's not there. And actually their record without him is, is pretty poor. Mm. And, and finally, just to, to, to really drill into your expertise in, in Lancashire football, obviously there's, there's another club that Charlton fans have their eye on very much at the moment in Morecambe who sit just inside the relegation zone. Um, I know you were at the, the, the game the other day against Bolton where, again, they conceded late for the second time recently against against the Trotters, actually. But what what can you tell us about them? I mean, they, they can't seem to buy a win at the moment, a, a bit like us. I mean, do, do you think they still got 
a hope of, I mean, there's teams between us and them that they could certainly overtake, but do you think they've still got something in them that could see them put together a run that could cut down our eight-point gap as well? I think the return of Derek Adams is a big factor in this because Derek Adams has, has been there before and has had success. Now, the squad is wildly different. There's only probably four or five players that were around last season when Derek was at the club now that he's come back. But what I saw with my own eyes at Bolton the other night was was that ability to play the way that Adams wants to play, which is a way that you have to soak up pressure. You have to ride your luck. But you also counter-attack and you make chances. And actually, Bolton were rather fortunate to get something from that game. I think Morecambe, and I'm sure Charlton fans will kind of feel their pain here because Morecambe really felt that things went against them. They should have had a penalty. They had other opportunities that they weren't able to take. They were a bit fed up with the referee stop starting the game all the time. And then as a result, there's a lot of added time and Bolton going scoring it. So it does feel like it, it doesn't rain, but it pours. As far as the relegation picture is concerned, I think Morecambe have got a chance of getting out of it. There's, there's no question about that because so few teams around that dotted line are winning games. I don't think you're going to need that many points to stay in League One this season unless three, four teams get on a really good run and all start picking up points. So I think Morecambe do stand a chance. I think Charlton fans can maybe not look too nervously over their shoulders at that because that is, when you're not winning games, a pretty big gap to make up. If I was a Fleetwood fan or an AFC Wimbledon supporter, I might be concerned because they, at the moment, appear to share exactly the same problems that we've just been discussing, that there's a point coming here and there or even a run of points coming, but they're not converting them into three points. I just feel like that Derek Adams factor and the fact that he he knows how to get results and he even did it at Wembley in the playoff final in the summer where they didn't play particularly well and they managed to win a penalty in extra time and won by a goal to nil. I, I do feel like he will be able to get them just that extra two or three points over the course of the season that might ultimately be enough. But I'm, I'm not expecting any of those teams I've mentioned to get sort of, you know, 15, 20 points and, and rise Lazarus-like out of the mire. There we go. That's Dan. Um, I mean, it doesn't sound like we've got too much to be concerned about with Morecambe. I know. I know. We we've said we're not overly worried. There was there was a moment when they were beating Bolton up until added time in in midweek, um, Mark. That that we were slightly concerned. But I, I, I mean, Dan, when when he looks at it, sort of not not with Charlton eyes in his head. Obviously, it is easier to say that you probably have got enough points not to worry about that sort of thing. Yeah, we probably have, and we will. You know, we'll scrape a couple of wins. You know, more will get us up because down the bottom there is still a few floundering. Um, it, it's difficult because, like I said earlier in the show, you know, every time, no, you don't have a god given right to beat anybody, and anybody can beat anybody on the day. So it's, I mean, we look, I don't know if you watched the EFL last night, Hartlepool gave um, Rotherham a real good game, and you think to yourself, well, that Rotherham are flying in our division. And okay, Hartlepool, we we know beat us, but you know, so any anybody can beat anybody, and you know, you you just don't take anyone lightly. The only thing which is in our favour, the players coming back, the Washingtons, the Blackett Taylors, you no know, Stockleys there, um, you know, Fraser's now back in, so that's that's the thing which is in our favour, and hopefully we can you know pick up you know if we pick up two wins in a row, we we you know I think that will really sort of like improve the mood of everybody and because we're all saying about the season fizzling out but you don't want it to fizzle out you know that badly that you go oh god I just wish it was over now I mean because we still go on a Saturday we still go on a Tuesday we still follow the results everywhere we are 
and it still means something. So, you know, this, the fizzling out of a season is a bit of a misnomer, I feel, because it still means something. It's why people turn up. It's why people cheer. It's, it's what you want to see. You want to see your team win. I mean, I, I, I did ask Dan, obviously, about Accrington on, on, on Saturday there, Ben. Um, I mean, it, it is a, a fairy tale story when you think about where Accrington were all these years ago, but... Is it is interesting the amount of clubs our size and even bigger in in League One now that there are. We, we, I don't know. It doesn't sound like we're quite the draw we once were. Now, I mean, it doesn't help that we are effectively a League One club and have been for a very long time. But you know, the, the, these sides who are clearly on paper are smaller clubs than us, but you know, football wise, are doing better than we are. Um, they, they they won't fear us anymore. That those days are long gone. Yeah, you're right. I think people used to look at the valley and think oh it's a big ground to get a big crowd a bit of a fortress but then they've been to the valley and beaten us already this season now we're going to their ground they got a great record against the bigger sides of the league as mark said we're we're not one of the bigger sides of the league now so we might actually get a result against them but yeah i think do you know what mentality plays a big part of football um, and, I, and I remember when Chris Powell first came to the club and he said the first thing he had to sort was sorting the players' mentality because around the club it was, oh, we used to be this and we used to be that and we're not that big club anymore. Like, Accrington are six points above us in, in the table at the moment. Um, we're nowhere near the playoffs. We've got, like, as you said, they are a smaller team on paper. I think if you look on money they either team have spent. I mean, Sangar came out the other week and said with the third highest payers um, in the league. So they're, they're probably one of the lowest. But it's, they're, they're a great club. They have a great relationship with their chairman and manager. The manager has done miracles there to get them up the leagues. And he's a great manager, probably one of the best in, in the league with what he's working with. So they're a real good community club, that, um, a great thriving club. In a little area, they get a good bunch of fans go up and down the country watching them. Um, and we've got to remember, we're not that big club anymore. We've put ourselves on a level. Remember that they're six points above us. Don't don't take them lightly, but also remember the ability we've got in our team to, to go there and get the points. But yes, a mentality point of view, I think we've, as you rightly put, we aren't that big fish anymore. They've beaten us already. And they've got Harry Pell, who used to be with us as a, a youth player. Has that email gone back to letting players go, come back to bite us? I, I don't think with him. I think we let him go when we were high in the championship, maybe premiership days. Years ago, he was at the club. But then he scored those two absolute screamers against us. So he'll be waiting to do that again, no doubt, on Saturday. Right, we've run out of time on this week's Charlton Live, the big match preview. Thanks to those of you who've tuned in. Uh, look forward to seeing all of you up there at Accrington if you're uh, making the trip up there. Uh, thanks to Mark and to Ben for joining me on the show this week. Cheers, Lou. Cheers, Ben. Cheers, lads. Good to speak to the pair of you. I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Sunday. Charlton Live.